Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. I have the great privilege of having a podcaster. We've had a run of podcasters. And you say, Brian, can't you have anybody else on but podcasters? I enjoy talking to other podcasters. I've been on Brandon's podcast. And so I, I wanted to have him on to tell his story, to talk about what he's doing right now. He's got an interesting perspective on a lot of different things. So I wanted to have him on. He's an author. He's an evangelist, a publisher. And, and I mentioned a podcaster, but it's my honor to welcome in Brandon Crooker to the Intentional Encourager podcast. Brandon, how you doing today? Doing fantastic. Glad to be with you. Excited about what God's going to do. That's right. And, and let's start here because you live in the Northeast. I live in wild, wonderful West Virginia. Our states are real similar in population size. Our, our state here in West Virginia has about 1.8 million people. Your state in Maine has probably two, two and a half million people. So we, we live in smaller states. COVID has done different things to, our, to different parts of our state. I want to start here with you because I start here with every conversation. I want to know what the last 18 to 20 months have been like for you and your family and a couple lessons that you've learned from, these, from the last 18 to 20 months that will carry you forward. Well, I'll tell you. Um, at first, uh, I would say that a lot of Maine, if, if you go to most of Maine, say for, I guess, really the most heavily pop populated areas are a more conservative viewpoint. So unless you were in, you know, South Portland or, uh, sort of surrounding areas, you really didn't have a whole lot of ripple effect, if you will, from the whole pandemic initially. Right. As we, so we heard on the news about mass and, but it was Maine. And unless you, like I said, unless you were in Portland, we didn't really, it wasn't a big deal. And, uh, it sort of progressed where these laws and, and these things, and they were keeping us out of church and, I went to church anyway, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, th that's just one of those things where you've got to look at it from an eternal perspective and not a natural perspective. And, and the reason I say that is because, you know, Jesus said that we're going to be persecuted. Yeah. And, uh, if, if we're already afraid of persecution because we decided to go to church, uh, I just, I think a lot of people are in for a rude awakening. I'm glad there. you went there. Let me let me jump in there. I'm glad you went there for just a second because I, I, I felt like that as a Christian, that the church was the first place that people were looking at to say, well, we can't gather together. It's okay if you want to go to the grocery store and mask up and we'll let you in two or three at a time or five or six at a time or things like that. But the church is just, boy, boy, that's a super spreader. 
and things like that. And I really felt like that people missed the mark there because in a time of uncertainty and a time of confusion and a time of chaos, you know, the church is the right place when there's a natural disaster. Everybody looks to the church when there is a, a, a mass shooting or something like that. And, and again, I'm not trying to make light of it because you and I know brothers and sisters that were deeply affected by COVID-19. We lost brothers and sisters of the, of the faith that, that from COVID-19 for, for whatever reason, God chose that to, to take them. And that was their time of departure. But I felt like it's like you want the church when you need the church. But when the church is inconvenient, you want to step away. And, and I love what you said there about going to church anyway. And look, I didn't, I didn't, if somebody wanted to go to church, if somebody didn't want to go to church and they said, look, you know, I, I just, I'd rather not push it. I didn't, you know, because the Bible tells us we have to work out our own soul salvation. And so it's like, you, you need to take that up with the Lord. But I love what you said there about continuing on in spite of, of everything else. For you, how did that encourage your spirit? And how did that keep you going? Just saying, hey, I'm going to go to church regardless. I'm going to continue to do things regardless. Did that give you a sense of normalcy and encourage you to continue moving forward? Well, I'll tell you, um, at first, you know, you, there was a lot of people that were making snide comments and things like, oh, well, I can't believe you're still going to church. I can't, I, I just, well, we, we don't have any service. We're all fully online. And I feel like there's a bit of a critical spirit that was attacking me, but you know, as far as the question of, did I feel encouraged? I'll tell you, you can't go to the house of God and not feel encouraged and strengthened because God will bless commitment. If mm -hmm. you make a commitment to travel specifically, it's one thing to watch it online, but, and, and I don't, I don't want to put God in the box and say, well, he can't reach yeah. you on an online format. He That's can, right. but you're sort of putting a barrier in the way of, because the way that the spirit of God flows, it flows from heaven to the pulpit, from the pulpit, to the pews and yeah. so if you try to negate that you're missing out on quite frankly miracles that you could have had had you actually been in the physical place where that physical message because the kingdom of heaven is very analog the laying on of hands the anointing with oil praying over uh, prayer cloths or, or handkerchiefs and anointing them. And, and so there's a connection that is necessary in the kingdom of God. And so for me, um, I was always encouraged uh, going to the house of the Lord because my faith got built up because even though it felt like there was sort of persecution, even from inside the church, God would bless me. Yeah. And he was blessing my finances and he was blessing my position at work and he was giving me opportunities and he was opening all of these incredible doors. And I'll tell you, there's just really nothing like that. Well, and, and here's what I love about it. And, 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 and I will say this, 
and I and I've talked about this on this podcast, so it's not anything that I haven't shared. Our church went through about a three week span. We had over thirty people that got COVID, and our pastor was and I, I was I was trying to. I, I felt the Lord speak to me to say, "Listen, you got to connect in with your pastor every day. You got to help him get through this, and encourage him." And he was feeling the weight of it because again, as a, as a shepherd, as a leader, when your people are going through things, you feel it personally. Every great leader that has a connection with their team, I don't care if it's in business, if it's in, in pastoring or, or whatever it is, if you've got a connection with your people, when they go through something, you go through it, you feel that. And so we went through a, a span of about three weeks where we were just trying to let everything settle and, and do what we needed to do. And I felt for a lot of pastors who were in that situation, Brandon, where they where they had to make some hard choices and say it's 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 contrary because what you said a minute ago is so key. There is a connection between God and man. We're God's creation. He formed us Himself. He made us himself in his own image. And, you know, I, I know what, what pastors were going through. What was it you mentioned learning? You mentioned your finances and things like that. What lesson should, should we, should we talk about this 10 years from now? Should we still be here? The Lord tarries. We're still here 10 years from now. What do you think the lesson that will be for us that we take from this time that will carry us through because I, I like, I, I believe the Lord, forgive me for the long winded question. I believe the Lord takes us through things and leaves us lessons from them that we can learn. What do you believe the lesson will be that you carry out of this season? Well, I hope that the lesson is, is that no matter what happens, no matter you know, whether it's earthquakes, whether it's wars, rumors of wars, whatever it is, the key, and, and I believe that this is critical, is acknowledging, but also bringing to remembrance that God is always in control. And if we try to sort of micromanage different situations, well, this happened, and so uh, I, I just don't know if I should do this or, or, or they mandated this and I don't know if I should continue to gather. You know, well, here's the thing in China and, and other countries where religion of believing in Jesus Christ is illegal and people literally get imprisoned and murdered for it. Does that stop them from going? Wow. It doesn't. Yeah. And that's faith. And the Bible says that it's from faith to faith. Yeah. And yeah. so if you, and without it, faith, this, it's impossible to please the Lord. That's right. Well, and here's the thing. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Yep. Yeah. That's Bible. I love what you said there about the, the links that people will go to connect with God. And, and it feels like here at some point and, and, and folks, listen, settle in. We're going to have a spiritual conversation. Whether you're a believer or not, we're going to have a spiritual conversation. Just settle in. We're going to get to some practical things here. But I love what Brandon is talking about, about the links that people will go for their faith. And, and, and I'm glad you hit on that because I think we forget sometimes, Brandon, that faith is critical to, to people's lives. 
and and you cannot exist if we are a nation built upon godly principles and it's interwoven throughout our constitution how can we get away from it and so i love what you said about the links that people will go for their faith when you think about that let's 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 dive there a little bit because you you sparked something there let's dive into the to to the depths of 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 faith and things like that when i think of what you just said there about how people are willing to go to jail for this they're willing to give up their freedom for their faith do you how do we in this country get ourselves to that place of resolution where we're willing to give up our freedom for our faith because i don't feel like i feel like a lot of people have forgotten what our what our parents and grandparents have given up for their faith and the opportunities that they sacrificed for their faith am i making sense there i i'm i'm trying to I'm trying to pull Absolutely. a little more conversation because what you said was so good. It was so so critical. I want to pull more conversation out of that. Absolutely. So first of all, uh, when when we look at uh, people who have come before us, we look at people who have lived for God and have died in the faith. For instance, a great biblical example would be Abraham. Okay, God he had an intimate relationship with God. He heard the voice of God, and I don't know if he had ever heard it before. He heard the voice of God, and God told him, basically, follow me. I will lead you where to a place and look for a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm going to build a city for you and your seed, mm -hmm. and I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And so to start there, that's, that's, that's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then you look at all the things that he went through, but no matter what happened, God blessed him. Mm -hmm. He made a mistake. He repented and God blessed him. And then you look at, for instance, when Lot, Lot, he leaves, they separate, they're having, they're having trouble. They separate. And Abraham doesn't say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go here. He says, you choose where you're going to go. Because no matter where I go, I know that God is going to bless me. Now, humans, we are, because we are made in the likeness and the image of God, we are spiritual beings. And we're never going to get away from that. And so when, yeah. when you're trying to live your life without faith, there's always going to be a part of, or what feels like a hole in your heart or your spirit that is missing yeah. because it's specifically for God. I got to jump in here. You, you said something really, really neat there. And that is in the story of Abraham and Lot, where Abraham deferred to his nephew and said, listen, I'm going to let you choose. And, and I look at it as a sports analogy. Everybody wants the best players until they get the number one pick. And the number one pick is a, 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 you know, you have the worst record, you really need help, and you get the pick, the, the best player available. 
but I, you know, I love what you said there because lots thinking was, oh man, this is cool. My uncle is blessed. Lot thinks that he's getting the blessing because he gets to choose where he wants to go. And he's looking over the well-watered plains and he's yeah. looking at, at man, it, it's pitched towards Sodom and Gomorrah, but I don't care because look at all this green grass. Look at, look at these well-watered areas. And he's like, man, Abraham, I can't believe you did that, but I'm going to take it. You told me I could, you told me I could choose. And I feel like what I, I really love what you said there because I believe a lot of times as humans, we get caught up in looking at, oh man, this job that is presenting itself, is going to pay me $30,000 more a year. Look at all the great things that we can do with that. Look at all the places we can go. Or in ministry, you and I have both been in ministry. When God opens up a new location for a building, oh man, look at the traffic that we can draw in. Look at what we can do. Instead of saying, this might not be the right place for us to be, because Lot ended up paying for that decision. He ended up really paying for it. He paid for it with his wife, and he almost paid for it with his kids because of where he chose. I got to go here with you for just a minute because you really sparked something here before we take a break. In ministry, how do folks resist? And we can talk ministry. We can talk leadership. You can speak to both. How do you keep yourself from from looking at what seems to be the, the the right way to go and instead looking at the best way to go is does that does that help you get there I, I'm, I'm trying to get to I'm trying to really dive in here with somebody that's listening that might be saying this looks good but I really want to make sure it's what's best well I'll tell you first um you know, there's that old adage that the grass is not always greener on the other side. It looks greener, but the grass where you water it is 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 green. They're 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 watering their grass. They're tending to their they're they're doing their job, and so it looks greener than perhaps yours. But when we're looking at sort of a bigger picture, we've got to first remember that. We've always got to bring it back to not my will, but thine be done. So Jesus, the, the, the physical embodiment of the Spirit of God, he's standing there and he's getting ready to go to the cross. And he said, if, if it would be okay, could, could you let this cup pass me? But if not, not, not my flesh's will. Not my flesh's desire, thine be done. And so, perfect example. He goes to the cross, and 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 he he sacrifices himself and, and the blood, and and he dies, and he he raises himself up again, and he became the propitiation for our sins. Well, but we've got to look back and apply that to our own life every single day 
the apostle Paul, and, and I, I love, I'll, I'll preach this till I'm blue in the face. Yeah. The apostle Paul, he said, I die daily. Well, do you think he was murdering himself every single day? No, he was saying not, not what I want, not, not what I feel like I might need, but what I actually need. Yeah. There's all kinds of times in the Apostle Paul's life. You know, he, he goes right through it. He goes, I suffered shipwreck three times. I, I was in perils and many perils and perils of the sea and perils of my own countrymen. And, and I was imprisoned and I, was, I received lashings. And he goes through the, all these things that he went through. And I'm sure there was opportunities where he could have said, I just don't know if I should go there. But what did he do? He prayed and he obeyed God. He yeah. obeyed the voice of God. And here, th this is the key is no matter what opportunity presents itself, the very first thing we should ever do is pray. We need to make sure that we are asking God, if it be your will, because when we, and this is, this is where it becomes detrimental. For example, Balaam, Balak, the king of the Amalekites, he comes and he wants uh, Balaam, who's a prophet, <laughs> to curse the children of Israel. And every single time he tried, all he could do was bless them. And Balak gets all mad. So, but he wants he he wants it his way. <laughs> he wants he wants the money. He wants the blessings from this king. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then he can't figure out a, a way to do it because he can only speak what the Lord allows him. Mm -hmm. So then he goes around that and he tries convincing the king that the only way to do it is to get them. And this right here is where we're going. He gets them to fall into the lust of the flesh, lust of their eyes and the pride of life. And so it's all going to come back to that. Is this, do I desire this because I'm lusting after it with my eyes? Because I'm lusting after it with my flesh or because I have some sort of inflated sense of self that I feel entitled. Yeah. That this is mine. Yeah. Let's, let's step and, aside there and take a break. This is a good place because when we come back, I want to I want to dive a little deeper there. You've hit on, and I, I was just taking a note there. You've hit on three things that impede progress, spiritually, professionally, personally. It's those three things that you've talked about. Let's dive deeper there, and I want to get it. I wanted to pull a little more conversation about where you're going with the Apostle Paul, and about dying daily and the sacrifices needed to, to progress. People think you have to do certain things to go different places. You hit on a key there that the Apostle Paul talked about that's really the key to success. I have author, preacher, publisher, podcaster, Brandon Crooker joining me. Fantastic conversation. We've got more coming here in just a moment on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines 
in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Brandon, you said something there, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know you were going in a certain direction. But you hit on something there, and as you were talking, I was thinking what we're told today is you've got to promote, promote, promote to get your personal brand in place and things like that. The Apostle Paul had the equivalent of two doctorates. Many people say he was he was arguably the most intelligent man in the history of the Word of God. No question. And, and, and we see in the book of Acts when, when Paul goes before Agrippa, he puts his education on full demonstration. He is just knocking it out of the ballpark, so to speak. But you reminded us, the apostle Paul said, I die daily. And, and, and everything that he did, he sought the Lord. It's the antithesis of how we're taught today. Oh, yeah, if you want to grow your ministry... You've got to promote yourself. If you want to grow your ministry, you've got to you've got to build a personal brand. If you want to grow your ministry, you've got to do these five or six things. You said something though very key, uh, and I want to go back to that for just a minute. When you look at the life of the Apostle Paul and you talk talk about dying daily, why in your experience in ministry, why is that such a hard concept? For people to follow even spiritually mature people why is that such a difficult concept i think it's difficult <clears throat> at least in our day and age because our cultures are so westernized they're so uh so about me and what i can get from it and and so this sort of releasing self from the picture becomes difficult because it's always about me so I, I feel like that's probably why it, it, it's it's just contrary to the the lifestyles and and it's contrary to the thinking patterns and so that's why when you know he said put on the mind of Christ mm -hmm. and then in another point he said by the renewing of your mind yeah and so we become transformed. When we release self from the picture, God doesn't. So I feel like and I, I'm, I want to address this because I feel like too many people think that they become a Christian and they change. They are a completely different person. Their personality just disappears. And, and, and now there's someone spectacular and all of these problems or these uh, maybe quirks that they had in the past just disappear. Uh, that's not biblical. And that's not true. Because yeah. every single one of us were made, were fearfully and wonderfully made 
and we're all very unique. We have unique fingerprints. We have unique DNA. Uh, we have every part of us is unique. And God uses those unique abilities, those unique patterns, those that very unique design for a very unique purpose. You just said, I love what you're, I love where you're going there because here, here's where I'm thinking. It is hard for people sometimes to forget what they're trying to forget. And here's what I'm going to say about that is, um, almost 13 years ago, I had weight loss surgery. I weighed 360 pounds at my heaviest. And in, in a year, in, in 10 months, I was unrecognizable. I dropped to about 200 pounds. I'd lost about 165 pounds in about 10 months. But there were times, the further out that I've gotten, man, I still love chocolate. I still love French fries. You know, I still love the foods that made me fat, that, that put the weight on. I, I love the, I still love them because, you know, even though I don't consume them in the quantities that I consumed them in before, I still love, it didn't go away. Just because I have weight loss surgery, those desires didn't go away. I mean, you know, I had, had a couple pieces of chocolate before bed last night. You know, we, uh, my wife and I got some Russell Stover's can. I, I, I'm sorry. I love it. I enjoy it. But what you're talking about there is I think people try so hard and I use the weight loss example as an analogy because what you said was so good there. It's almost like, well, if, if you know, because I've lost a bunch of weight, I'm never going to be tempted by chocolate again. Or because I've, I, I, have, I have gotten my body disciplined, I'm never going to be tempted to have a, a McDonald's French fry or Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. And, and, and people trick themselves into thinking that when God delivers them and sets them free, they don't ever have to worry about where they came from. And in my mind, what you just said is so 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 key and and it's it's applicable for anybody is even where you came from like the apostle paul the apostle paul always reminded himself what he was before damascus road he always had that in the back of his mind that i am one transgression away from going back to where i was at before god and and, and i believe brandon that 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 is what hinders people today and, and derails them because always in the back of their mind, instead of motivation, it becomes fear. It's like, I can never, if, if I get near that, I'm, I'm done. And, and the Bible tells us that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He's not given that. That is not of him. I want you to go a little deeper there and speak to, to how to continue to keep yourself motivated and encouraged because I feel like there's some folks that are going to listen to this conversation that it's going to speak to their heart and they're going to say, I'm afraid of, of being fat again. I'm afraid of, of, of picking up a, a bottle and drinking again. I'm a, I walked away from it. I'm afraid of being tempted by, by the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Speak to that and how you keep yourself a step ahead of that and keep yourself. At, it, it, I hope I'm doing a good job there, folks. I, I'm trying to, I really want to get deep into some things here because this is a different conversation, but it's a needful conversation. 
So when we're looking at and first thing is God will never, never hold your past against you. He just doesn't do it. The second that you repent, he's forgiven it because he has applied his blood at Calvary to your situation. Now, when we're looking from our human perspective, we it, that's difficult because we find it hard even of ourselves to find a place of forgiveness for people who have wronged us. And so we, we try to sort of compare God's forgiveness with human forgiveness, but there's quite a wide difference or a span of difference between the two because God loves you regardless. It doesn't matter where you found yourself in life today, tomorrow, yesteryear, yeah. doesn't matter because God loves you. He loves you so much that he created a human body to facilitate the fullness of his spirit in power and authority to go to a place uh, of shame. Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Yeah. He, but, but here's the thing. He could have came and he could have made himself this, this powerful leader. And a lot of the Jews were expecting that from him, but he didn't do that. Yeah. He came with no form or no comeliness that he would be desired. And then you say, well, a sort of different way to look at it is people will say, you know, well, God just sent his son. He didn't just send his son. He sent himself in the flesh. Yeah. That's a different kind of love. Greater love hath no man than this, than one that would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus considers you a friend. And you can, you can try to argue that all you want, but he still embraced Judas at the moment of the betrayal. That's forgiveness. He's on the cross, and he says things like, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so when we carry that same ideals and th that same power and authority in that forgiveness, and we carry that over to our own lives, we are forgiven. The key is when you turn away from something, you've got to remove the um, specific uh, things that uh, I guess trigger would be the best word to use, things that trigger you. If you were an alcoholic, don't hang around people who are drinking alcohol. If you are, and I'm not saying you could take them to a, a you know, a Dunkin' Donuts and have a conversation and yeah. you can invite them over to your home. There are different ways that you can help these people get beyond their circumstances, but you don't have to put yourself in a position where your salvation would ultimately end up on the line. Because God forgives. And if you fall, the key is not to stay down. It's always to get back up. And as long as you keep getting back up and keep moving forward, God will bless you. God will help you. 
I love that. And I'm going to write that down. The key to moving forward is getting back up because, and, 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 and I had to, uh, Brandon, I, I was thinking as you were saying that, you know, you were talking about Jesus and the embodiment of who he was and who he is. My dad always told me when I became a parent, I really understood it. My dad always said, he said, son, I've been your dad a long time. And he would tell me, he would say, I don't know any parent that said, I love that old world, but I don't love him enough to go die for him. You do it. And, and my, my dad had some deep because the DNA of a parent and you're a parent, I'm a parent. The DNA of a parent is I'm not putting my child in harm's way. It, it's me first. You know, I, I've done what I needed to do. I, I'm putting my, I, I'm not, no way. I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say to my 21 year old son, well, you protect me and your mother. You, you, you do that for us. I know it's, it's me. It, it, it's me. And, and, and I've never understood. And if it offends somebody, I'm sorry, but I've never understood why somebody would think that God didn't come himself. He didn't give himself a body. It's clear in the Old Testament. It's clear in Isaiah chapter 9 where he said, Emmanuel means God with us. It's li it's literal. You know, and then what my dad would always say, my dad always say, hey, you know, I don't love him enough to go die for him. You go do it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just clear and plain right there. Let's step aside, take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about, I want to get into to Brandon's story in his life, but I want to ask him about the fallacy of ministry because there are people that think ministry is a certain way. And, and I want to hit on that point, um, with him and, and then go in a, in a different direction, a fascinating conversation. I hope you're getting encouraged and enjoying it. My guest, author, publisher, preacher, evangelist, podcaster, Guy's got more titles that I can shake a stick at. Brandon Crooker joins me on the Intentional Encourager podcast back in just a moment. Hey, everybody. Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People. Ten powerful people lessons from the ultimate people person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger, deeper, and more powerful connector, you've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up. Kindle, if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Back from People. You can get one from me, and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email, and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of People buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. 
Brandon, when we when I when before the break, I said something about the fallacy of ministry, and, and people people think, and we'll get in your story in just a minute. But I want to ask you this because this is kind of rattling in my mind as we're having this conversation. A lot of people think that ministry is, well, I'm twenty four seven devoted to other people, or uh, people say, well, you're a man of the cloth, or you know, all the different vernacular to to refer to ministry. In your experience in ministry, what's the one misconception that people have about ministry that that you have seen time and again? I would say that the biggest misconception <clears throat> is that in ministry, it starts in the pulpit and it ends in the pulpit. And so outside of those parameters, there it it's like ministry or ministry doesn't exist. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> you have all kinds of people and forgive me. Um, uh, I, am not, I don't want to come across as I'm being judgmental, but I think it's Im important that we have gotten away from what it actually means biblically to be an evangelist. Yeah. You know, it, going around and preaching for money, I think that it's important, but that's not the end-all be-all for evangelism. When you enter in the pulpit and you allow God to speak through you, you're a preacher. You're a man of God. When you step outside of the pulpit and you help the church that you're at, whether it be cleaning the bathrooms, whether it be reaching the lost, whether it be going to the local um, area where people gather and, and connecting with them and having Bible studies. And there's more to it. And, and one day I'll have my own church. And when I do the evangelists that come, you're going to help me evangelize. We're going to go down the road and we're going to go places and we're going to reach the lost. And you're going to help me with Bible studies because that yeah. is what your, first of all, your heart should, that's where your heart should be. Mm-hmm. When, when we make it all about money, oh, my Lord, I was I was looking into some claims of a particular minister, and I've always loved this man's ministry and his preaching, and I love it. And I have all kinds of his CDs and his preaching tapes, but I found out that you have to pay, like, a minimum of, like, $5,000 to have him even – consider coming to your church mm -hmm. well, that's not right yeah that's not biblical i'll tell you why it's not biblical because here's the thing paul was willing and we'll come back to paul he was willing to sacrifice his salary in the church because he thought it would help them so the key here is going to be that in ministry you don't have to self-promote. All you have to do is obey the word of God, obey the man of God. So you always have to keep yourself under the umbrella of that spiritual authority in your life. And when you submit to your spiritual authority, God will do the elevating. You don't ever have to promote yourself. God will open all the doors. And I have seen that with my yeah. podcast. And I'll tell you, I've had some of the most incredible people on my podcast, people that I never would have thought. And I actually had a conversation just recently with my pastor about it. He goes, 
He goes, I don't know. He goes, I God just blesses you, bro. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> God just blesses you. And I've had goes, people say, I had people say that to me. You know, it's amazing. You know, Brandon, that's the thing is, it's amazing when you have something that draws people to you and you've had some incredible people on your podcast and, and I'm honored. I, I'm, I'm the least of those that have been on your podcast. It, trust me, the, the company of, of men and women you've had, I am a, of the least of them, but it, it just goes to show you that when you do something unique and you do something differently and, and you don't function in the cookie cutter ways that people say, well, you should do this to grow your podcast, or you should do that to grow your ministry, or you should do these, like we were talking about earlier, all the, all the other different things that people will say, if you do these six or seven things, you will increase your followers, you'll increase your, your, your reach and things like that. And I've always told people, and forgive me for going here for just a second. I've always told people that God will take this thing places. I never dreamed it would go and God will connect me with the people that that I'm supposed to be connected with to take it where it needs to be and I can do everything else by the book and if he doesn't want it to go there it won't go there but I can do nothing by the book and let God take it and God will take it where he wants to go I, I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the things that you have overcome in your life and so I want you to spend a few minutes telling folks a little bit about your story some of the things that you've overcome and some lessons that you've taken from it. Well, I'll be completely transparent. And I, I, I sincerely hope that uh, um, my transparency will help somebody. Because I think that one of the most important things is that we utilize our testimony to help other people understand the love of God. So... Um, you know, I was raised, um, I think I was a bus kid. I was a bus kid at, at the local church and, um, my aunt attended church there and she would come pick me and my brother and my sister up, um, every Sunday morning. And, uh, so we went there for a while, but my father and my mother weren't in church. And this, uh, this was a local apostolic church. And, uh, so, uh, eventually they just my aunt stopped attending church there and so we didn't we didn't go and uh i had another aunt that was part of a non-denominational church and she would pick us up take us to what we called youth group and uh it was just sort of a place for all of the youth the local youth to get together and, and learn about bible concepts and there was all kinds of neat things that they did so i learned a lot uh, but you know, it was a sort of just believe in your heart and accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior and your, that's it. That's not biblical. Um, a lot of great lessons learned. A lot of, you know, incredible things happened. Um, through that church, I was connected with a um, sort of Christian camp. Well, I went to the Christian camp and uh, I was, I was violated and abused by one of the, uh, dorm leaders if you will and so hurt you know and, and it's very difficult to overcome that and 
especially when you're so young and you're so innocent and it's easy to point fingers and, and, and to blame people. And you can say, well, why did God let that happen? Well, it's important to remember that God doesn't control you. He gave you the gift of free will to make decisions. And you can only do what's right by you and by God. You can't control anybody else. And you can't control the things that other people do. And so when you're looking at from this perspective of I've been hurt and you want to, it's like you, you hold on to this bitterness and this anger and it evolves, it evolves into more. And in my life, it didn't just evolve in, into like anger. It evolved into sort of this sexual perversion and it took me a really long time. I, I was in the pulpit and I was preaching and I was still struggling with this, this perversion, this, this spirit that was attacking my mind and, and my faith. And uh, a lot of times it was like, well, this is just the way I am. This is just me, but no, it's not just you. And it's not just the way you are. The spirit of God will transform you from the inside out. And he will help you live according to his word. And so, uh, you know, my parents, they divorced when I was very, very young. I was 10, 11. And, uh, but eventually my mother found God, one of her friends in Apostolic Church. And that's where she started taking us kids and I was baptized in Jesus' name, and then I was filled with the Holy Ghost that, that following night. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a ride. It's it, I'll, I would be lying if I told you that it's always good. But while we're living here on this earth, everything is not always going to be good. And everything's not always going to go your way or my way. But we've always got to remember, and this will bring us back sort of to what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast episode yeah. is – that God is always in control. He is sovereign. Yeah. And nothing catches him off guard. Brandon, when you think about, I want you to take me in the audience. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about this. Can you take me to the moment where you were delivered from that, that perversion that you were talking about? Because you had a traumatic event happen to you that either could go one of two ways. You could have, you know, people that have gone through that, that type of abuse have gone the other way and they become abusers themselves. We've seen the statistics where, where they believe that that's the way it always should be. And it's just a pattern of behavior and it never stops. And, and what happened to them continues on and it affects lots of other people. Um, my friend, Al Robertson, who's been on this podcast has talked about he and his wife, Lisa, she talked about how she was abused as a child in the, in the same way. And that shaped her until God set her free. Can you take me to the moment where God delivered you from that thing and you, you became totally set free from it? Absolutely. Um, actually, uh, my marriage was falling apart and it was basically at a point where, um, you know, I didn't know. I, I had had people and you, you hear the preaching and you, and you, you, you know, that 
God can do anything, but it's when you're actually in the, in the situation, it's, it's hard to bring those back, those things back to remembrance. And it makes you, it's like the adversary attacks your mind and tells you that it's only you and this doesn't happen to anybody else. And God doesn't love you. And, 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 and he just, he'll just, I mean, I'm telling you, he will attack and attack and attack and attack and he'll hit you right where it hurts. <clears throat> but you've got to move beyond all of that. And for me, my marriage was falling apart. Um, uh, my wife was talking about leaving me, uh, I had overcome a lot, but there was this one thing that was just so difficult. And it was like any time that I was alone, and I'm sure you can you can connect the dots, but for complete transparency, it was uh, a pornography. And so before that, there was there was it was just way worse. But full deliverance only came when I admitted that it was a decision. I'm making a choice. And what is more important to me is my family, my faith, and my salvation more important to me than this thing that only lasts for a moment, that only gives me a moment of uh, feel good, if you will. It's, it's momentary, and I'm sacrificing my, my marriage, my family, and my faith for this moment. And so through that, I've had several conversations with my pastor. And since I'm being transparent, I actually entered into a period of fasting. And if you are ever struggling with overcoming anything, I will tell you when you, and the Bible refers to it as crucifying your flesh, when you fast, some Jesus said that some spirits only come out through prayer and fasting. Some things are only done when you connect prayer with fasting. And so, I mean, it wasn't, it, it was probably about a month of committed fasting. And I fasted for every, I fasted every single day. for a month and then it's like it was like it was just a release and then then and because i was no longer chained to that sin god i, I could feel god it was like a barrier was completely removed and then i'll tell you there's just nothing like that I got to ask this before I've got to push a little deeper here. I, I just feel like I, I want to do that. How would you now minister to Brandon then in that moment? How, if you could step back and you could say, bro, let me put my arm around you. How would you have ministered to you in that time? I well, <laughs> I probably would have said something like "You're being an idiot." No, <laughs> hey, stop doing stupid. No, 
I, you know, I felt like I felt the spirit of my dad in that moment, man. My dad, my dad went home to be with the Lord nine years ago, and I, I kind of felt I was like, oh, you know, and my dad's pictures right near me, and I've kind of kind of felt that, like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you know, it. The key is is whenever you're ministering to anybody, to myself, um, sometimes you need to be loving. Well, all times you need to be loving, but sometimes you can do it in a loving way. And other times you need to be a little more uh, hard, if you will. Um, you know, you need to be a little more blunt, be a little more willing to say, listen, God can deliver you, but you need to release the pain and release yourself from, from that desire and until you make a decision, and that's the key. See, we don't just make choices. We are made by our choices. You have to make a decision. And, in, and it's the same thing with your initial salvation experience. You have to make a decision. If you never made a decision to follow Christ, if you never made a decision to seek after God, if you never made a decision that I'm going to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and I'm going to pray until i receive the gift of the holy ghost which is the spirit of god that is inside me mm -hmm. it's a decision and everything we do is a decision and it will ultimately lead us to where we're going to go whether it be heaven or god forbid hell that's right that's right brandon i am so grateful for you sharing with us because there may be somebody listening to us today that is carrying the weight of something in their past that happened like that and they don't know how to get past it they don't know how to get delivered and set free you have given them some powerful keys i want you to share with this audience your biggest piece of intentional encouragement my biggest piece of intentional encouragement always remember that god loves you it doesn't matter what has happened in your past and it doesn't matter what will happen in the future god loves you and god the bible says that is god's will that none should perish meaning that none should go to hell and so if god really loves you that much he doesn't want anybody to go to hell he's given all of us an opportunity every single one of us will have an opportunity to receive salvation and you do well to accept it and you do well to seek after it because there is no no peace that's like the peace that passes all understanding there is no joy that's like the joy that you will find serving the lord that's right that is so true i i have i have been serving the lord since i was since I was nine years old, I, I have to think back. I'm 49 now, so I have to, have to think back to those times. But that that is so powerful and so true. Brandon, tell folks how they can connect with you. Uh, find your resources, your books, your podcasts. Tell folks how they can connect with you. Well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Um, just look me up by my name, Brandon Crooker. Um, or you can uh, find Apostolic Theory 
uh, which is my podcast. Um, that's through Anchor. It's just anchor.fm slash apostolic theory. Um, you can also find that on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, if you're interested in the magazine that I edit and publish, um, that's www.pentecostalperiodical.com. Um, and if you want to get a hold of my first book, you can find it on Amazon, and that's called Matters of the Heart. Um, every other book following thereafter can be found on crookerfamilyministries.com. Matters of the Heart on Amazon, and then Crooker, K-R-O. C-R-O. C-R-O, K-R-O. Goodness, this is what I get for trying to write notes and talk at the same time. C-R-O-O-K-E-R, CrookerFamilyMinistries.com. And we'll put and we'll put all those links. And that's why I'm jotting them down, because we'll put all those links in the show notes. Brandon, this has been great conversation. I so appreciate your transparency where we went today. Thank you for joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.